The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 94 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the classic radio theater featuring programming from the golden age of radio. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. This time, we'll hear two half-hour sci-fi episodes of Dimension X from 1950. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hosted by Norman Rose, Dimension X was one of radio's first adult science fiction series and made its mark by adapting short stories by acknowledged masters in the field, including Isaac Asimov, Robert Bloch, Ray Bradbury, Frederick Pohl, Robert A. Heinlein, Clifford A. Simic, Kurt Vonnegut Jr., and William Tenn. Scriptwriters Ernest Kenoy and George Lefferts, who also contributed their own original material, adapted the stories. At the start of every broadcast, host Norman Rose promised us adventures in time and space, told in future tense. You knew you were about to be transported from your everyday existence to somewhere completely different, maybe even a distant planet. Radio was a fertile medium for science fiction. It was easy to visit another planet, interact with aliens, or fly in a rocket ship simply by using your imagination. General Mills sponsored the program, promoting Wheaties for several weeks during the summer of 1950. Dimension X debuted over NBC on April 8, 1950 and completed its run September 29, 1951, including a five-month hiatus in the middle. Time now for the first of two sci-fi episodes of Dimension X. The perfect mechanicals from another planet make humans unnecessary and they are always at your service. Here's With Folded Hands, starring Peter Capel on Dimension X from April 15th, 1950. Adventures in Time and Space, told in future tense. Dimension X. Have you ever heard of the Mark III? The amazing electronic brain they're using now up at Harvard University. In mere minutes, it can solve scientific problems that our most brilliant mathematicians would take years to work out. Its intelligence is almost superhuman. And yet the scientists are already working on a new and improved model, the Mark IV. In fact, they tell us there's no earthly reason why these thinking robots can't be perfected until they become the servants of the future, capable of doing all the work of mankind. 
Yes, that's what the advertising billboard said in the year 2006. Housework made easy by the perfect domestic servant. Modern Mechanicals Agency, Harry Underhill, President. The billboard showed a smiling family, sitting with folded hands, watching their mechanical robot pour their morning coffee. But in the home of Harry Underhill himself, things weren't quite as pleasant at breakfast this day. I just can't understand it, Aurora. Look at this. Modern Mechanicals down three points. Yesterday, Smithson canceled his order. If I could only figure out why. Why don't you ask him? Oh, Frank, dear, eat your oatmeal. Oh, Mom. I just don't understand it. Business was good, and then boom. Some louse must be undercutting my prices, that's all. How many robots were canceled? Not robots. Mechanicals, Aurora. How many times... They are robots, aren't they? Please, Aurora. There's an important difference in sales psychology. Maybe people are getting wise to your robots and mechanicals. What do you mean, Aurora? The perfect domestic servant. (laughs) They're ugly, stupid, clumsy, walking junk piles. Aurora. The one you brought home to me can't even wash the clothes properly. It's more trouble than it's worth. Aurora. You know our mechanicals are the best on the market. Those animated tin cans you sell? (laughs) They're certainly not making us any fortune. Well, with this new model, things are bound to pick up a little. That Jarvis order just comes through. Oh, that robot of yours. There's something knocking again. Hey, wait, wait. Put that plate back. I haven't finished my breakfast yet. Wait! Cara, you know you've got to say stop. 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 (sighs) You always get excited. You think you never saw a robot before. Not robot. Mechanical. All right, all right. Look, it's not its fault. We just took too long to eat. Timing relay is set for 15 minutes. Never mind. I want my coffee back. Set. Set. There. Isn't that simple? It bends at the waist, stretches out its arm, and picks up the coffee pot just as if it were... Hey, watch out! And spills it right in your lap! Oh, my clean suit, Aurora! Oh, no! Harry, you know it's relayed to announce dinner after it sets the table. Hey, there goes my coffee again. Stop! Stop! Set. Harry, you can't give it two orders at once. What's that smell? There must be a short. Now see what you've done. Got it all upset. I did. All I said was... Harry! Stop. 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 Oh, it's no use. The brain coil's shorted out. Well, do something. Harry, do Me? something. Me? I sure will. I'm going to the office. I'm getting out of Yes, Lucy? Mr. Jarvis, Oh, put him on. Hello, Underhill. Hello, Mr. Jarvis. I'm glad you called. I was just going to ring you. Well, I've got that whole shipment of mechanicals for you. One gross plane, a dozen of the chromium fitted. Hold on, Underhill. I'm canceling the order. You're ca- But the invoice is made out and well, I... Well, tear it up. I'm canceling. But why? Underhill, there's a brand new mechanical on the market that makes yours look like something out of a museum. Oh, now, look here, Mr. Don't Jarvis. Don't look me, Underhill. I've seen them, and I'm telling you it'll put you out of business. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yes, Mr. Underhill? Uh, that's the third cancellation today. The world's going to pot. Yes, Mr. Underhill? Hmm? No, never mind, Lucy. I'm going home. What a day. I wonder if Aurora would smell it on me if I ducked into Garrigan's. She's got a nose like a beagle. Hey, that building wasn't here last week. Humanoid Institute, the perfect mechanical. (laughs) Oh, no. We didn't have enough competition. Hey, these must be the cutthroats that are underselling me. At your service, Mr. Underhill. Huh? Oh, oh, you startled me. (laughs) Didn't hear you. Hey, you're a mechanical, aren't you? 
Not bad, not bad. Very lifelike. Won't you come in, please, and examine our service? Yeah, that's a remarkable voice. They've licked the variable inflection problem. You know, I'm in the same line myself. Uh, mechanicals, I mean. We're aware of that, sir. Oh? Oh. Hey, some building you've got here. You sure got it up in a hurry. The Humanoid Institute at your service, Mr. Underhill. Yes? Oh, uh, how'd you know my name? For us, that was not difficult. Oh, is that so? Oh, wait a minute. This is ridiculous, talking to a mechanical. Must be somebody inside operating you by remote control. No, Mr. Underhill. Of course, there is Humanoid Central, which powers and controls all of us, but that is located on Wing 4. Wing 4? A planet in a remote part of the galaxy. Oh, oh yeah. Well, uh, may I see your salesman, please? We employ no human salesman, sir. We ourselves can accept your order for immediate humanoid service. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't expect me to buy one. I'm in the business myself. There will be no more need for your electronic mechanicals, sir. Once you have accepted our service, you will no longer have to work. Everything will be done for you. Everything? <laughs> That's quite an offer. At that rate, you'll have trouble supplying the demand. I think not, sir. As you can see from our storage room. Humanoids are now arriving at the rate of 5,000 per hour from wing four. 5,000 per hour? We are anxious to introduce our complete service on this planet, sir, to bring happiness to everyone. May we come out to your home for a free trial demonstration? No, I... Oh, I admit you're remarkable, the, the voice and movement, graceful even. But I'm still in business, and what's more, I wouldn't have you around the house. I'm afraid you will have no choice. Sooner or later, it will be necessary. Oh, is that so? Over my dead body. Let me out of here. At your service, Mr. Underhill. Hmm. That's going to be tough competition, all right. I'm going to stop in at Garrigan's, the devil with Aurora's nose. Oh, hi, Pop. Hello, Frank. How was the football game? We won. 78 to 3. Guess what, Pop? You made all the touchdowns. Nope. Mom took in a border. She took... She what? Aurora! She said if your business was going to fall on its face, she had to do something to make some money. Oh, she did, huh? Aurora! Oh, for goodness sake, Harry, what's all the racket for? You, you tell me. What's this about a border? Oh, shh, Harry. He's going to live in that little apartment over the garage. Oh, no, he isn't. You know I don't want any strangers around here. Oh, Harry, please, shh. Look, he won't bother you. He's a nice old man. Oh, he just wanted a room and a place to work. He's an inventor, I think. Oh, he is, is he? Did he pay in advance? Well, he can't. You see, his mm -hmm. royalties haven't started to come in. Mm-hmm. Aurora, how can you be taken in by every beat-up old panhandler that gives you a sob story? Oh, Mr. Sledge isn't like that at all. Oh, that reminds me, dear. Can you give me a ten? A ten? What for? Well, Mr. Sledge is ill. He needs some medicine for his heart, and I said I'd lend him the money. You get... Oh, Aurora, this is the limit. He goes out right now. Now, don't be unkind, Harry. Besides, we need the rent money. Things aren't that bad yet. He goes. Please, shh. What are you shushing me for? Mr. Sledge, he's in the next room. I've invited him for dinner. Oh. Frank, dear, wipe your mouth. Oh, Mom. More gravy, Mr. Sledge? No, thank you, Mrs. Underhill. Mr. Sledge, my wife tells me you're a traveling man. Uh, expect to move on, sir? Harry... I had hoped to do a little work, Mr. Underhill. 
You see, I've applied for basic patents here on Earth for a very important development. Oh, a new invention, huh? Yes. My field is rhodomagnetics. Rhodo what? Rhodomagnetics. It's a new force field theorem, key to the second triad of the periodic table. Rhodium, ruthenium, and palladium. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm a little rusty on my science. It's well known in other parts of the galaxy, but I've been able to apply for basic patents here. Worth uh, millions, huh? Perhaps you find it strange that the holder of such valuable property should be in need. Well, uh, yes. I'm a refugee, Mr. Underhill. I arrived on this planet only a few days ago. Mm-hmm. But you will be uh, shoving on again. Oh, for goodness sakes, Harry. That's all right, Mrs. Underhill. I understand. After all, I am an intruder in your home. And if it inconveniences you at all, I'll find some other place to sleep and set up my workshop. Harry, your robot is spilling the coffee again. I'll have to have it tightened up. Why doesn't your company bring out a better mechanical? One smart enough not to spill things. Wouldn't that be splendid? The perfect mechanical already exists, Mrs. Underhill. They're not so splendid, really. They are why I am a refugee today. Oh? Where'd you say you came from? Wing 4. Wing 4? Oh, then you must mean those humanoids. Humanoids? Mr. Sledge. Humanoids? What do you know about them? They just opened an agency here in Two Rivers. No. No. (gasps) No. Harry. What is it? Well, what's wrong, Mr. Slade? Give him some water. It must be his heart. He'll call Dr. Winters, Aurora. No, no. I'll be all right. Here, you better sit down. I'm sorry. It was just shock. I came here to get away from them. The, the humanoids? Yes. I wanted to finish my work before they came. But now, I won't trouble you any further. But, Mr. Sledge, Harry, he's sick. Well, uh... Mr. Sledge, I don't think you have to go right away. He can stay, Harry. Sure, after all, the way those humanoids are coming along, I'm liable to become a refugee myself any minute. (laughs) Guess we might as well stick together, eh, Sledge? Oh, that's better. Oh, you look ill, Professor. Maybe you ought to lie down on the sofa and rest. No, no, thank you. I must get back to my workshop now. I haven't got time to rest. There's so little time left for all of us. Mr. Underhill. Good morning. Mr. Underhill, you look awful. I feel awful. What's in the mail? Six more cancellations. Mm. The Eat Quick restaurant chain sent back your shipment. They've installed humanoids. <laughs> Mr. McIntyre from the bank called. He's refusing your loan. He said since Humanoid Institute opened, you're a bad credit risk. Great. I guess that's all. Oh, there's somebody... something to see you. At your service, Mr. Underhill. You? Oh, no, you're not the same one, are you? Serial number's different. It doesn't matter, sir. We're all really one. Now, in exchange for our complete service, you will assign all your property to Humanoid Institute. I will what? With our service, you will have no need for property. Everything will be provided. What kind of blackmail is this? No blackmail, sir. You will find humanoids incapable of committing any crime. We exist only to increase the happiness of mankind. Thanks. But I can take care of my own business. You have no choice, really. With humanoid service, it is no longer necessary for men to take care of themselves. Our function is to serve and obey and guard men from harm. Get out. Very well, sir. When you wish to sign, let us know. Get out. Get out. 
your service, Mr. Underhill. What? What's the idea of this? You get out of here. Aurora! Mrs. Underhill has accepted our free trial demonstration. We cannot leave unless she requests it. We'll see about that. Aurora, where the devil are you? Oh, hello, Harry. What's this mechanical doing here? What's happened to you? Isn't it wonderful? Had my hair done, the manicure. The humanoid did it. And cleaned the house all over, washed all the clothes, and gave Frank his music lesson. Now, wait a minute, Aurora. I, I won't have this monster in my house. Oh, it's just a free trial, Harry. Just wait till you taste the dinner it cooked. Everything you like best, roast duck. I don't care if he cooked a... Duck? And the most complicated pastries. I could never cook like that. Uh, well, might as well eat. Well, I'll need a drink first, though. All right, Doc. I'm sorry, sir. What? We exist under the prime directive to guard men from harm. Alcoholic beverages in excess are bad for human consumption. We have taken the liberty of removing them from the house. Now, look here. Mr. Underhill, dinner is served. Yes, Lucy? Underhill. I've been expecting them for a week. All right, Lucy. At your service, Mr. Underhill. We have the legal papers here, the bankruptcy forms, the eviction notice. We are ready now to foreclose your agency. Okay, take it over. A lot of good it'll do you. I haven't made a sale in two weeks. And now, if you will make the assignment of all your personal property, we can complete our service to you. What if I won't sign? That would be unfortunate. But with stubborn cases, we must sometimes resort to other methods. Eventually, Mr. Underhill, you will sign. Of all the darn, 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 stinking darn... Whoa, 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 Frank, what's the matter? What's the trouble, son? That old humanoid. Oh, you're not happy? You should be. It's guaranteed. They took away my football. (laughs) They said it was too dangerous to play with it. And my roller skates and my scout knife and everything. Did they leave you anything? Just some stinking old plastic blocks. Soft blocks. They said I couldn't get hurt with them. Dad, I want my football back. Can't you do anything? I don't know, son. I don't know. Oh, Mr. Underhill. Mind if I come in, Sledge? No, not at all. You mind if I keep working? Oh, go right ahead. It's good to see somebody working with his hands. Is something wrong? My son. The humanoids took his football away. They're everywhere. They've smashed my business, taken over my house. Sledge isn't there some way to get rid of them? That is exactly what I am trying to do. You? What makes you think you can do anything? Because, you see, Mr. Underhill, I'm the unfortunate fool who started them. You? I don't understand. I started the humanoids. I've been running from them ever since. You started them? Yes, I invented them. I built the ranomagnetic relays that operate Humanoid Central. But, but why? I... I wanted to bring happiness to humanity. <laughs> happiness? <laughs> That's great. My wife's been crying for two days. And do you know why? Because she's bored stiff. There's nothing left for her to do. They won't even let her lift a little finger. I don't blame you for feeling bitter, Mr. Underhill. It's all my fault. I wanted them to serve and obey. Guard men from harm. No, they do that all right. They've even emptied our medicine chest. 
It wouldn't do for one of us happy humans to end it all with a sleeping pill. Mr. Underhill, I've made the most terrible mistake a man can make. But I meant well, believe me. Then why did you do it? I thought I could rid the universe of poverty and hunger by inventing the perfect mechanical. Uh, they're perfect, all right. Too perfect. Yes. That's the trouble. They obey the prime directive too literally. They kill men's souls with their kindness. Oh, isn't there some way they can be controlled? No. I didn't trust mankind, so I made sure that humanoid central could not be tampered with. Not even by myself. Uh, then, then what hope is there? Only one. They're not creative. They can't meet new ideas. You mean you've got one, Sledge? Yes. They can defeat anything they know about. But I've got something new. A weapon to attack the brain of Humanoid Central. Is that what you've been working on? Yes. Now that they're here, there's little time left. Either we destroy them, or they will destroy us. Okay. What has to be done? This tuning circuit. Hmm? You see, I need two bus bars here. Hmm? Oh, can you read these diagrams? I think so. Got my degree in electronics. Good. If you could help on the bench work, it would save time. Uh -huh. I've got plenty of time now. All right. But watch yourself. Don't let them see you come out here. If you can take the risk, so can I. No. As the inventor, I built a special immunity for myself into Humanoid Central. But you don't have that immunity. They're rather unpleasant methods of dealing with their enemies. They can change you, you know. Change me? How? Brain surgery. What do you mean? Never mind. Just be careful. Mr. Underhill. Hmm? Uh, what do you want? You're going to meet with Mr. Sledge. Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm going to collect the rent. Mr. Underhill, you have spent the past two afternoons in his room. In view of your association with Mr. Sledge, we feel that our free trial must be terminated. We suggest that you accept our total service and make the assignment of your property immediately. And if I don't? Then, sir, we may be forced to resort to other methods. Well, uh, give me one more day to think it over. Very well, sir, tomorrow. That will be your last chance. We've got to hurry. It's difficult work, Mr. Underhill, but I'm almost finished. They gave me till today. They said they'd use other methods. What's that? The humanoids building some kind of a warehouse across the road. Sledge, are you sure this thing will work? It's a new principle, Underhill. A tuned rotomagnetic light beam. It should act to fission the heavy atoms of the basic ores and wind form. They'll destroy humanoid central. But are you sure? I know the humanoids. I made them. They can't invent anything. They can't create defenses against something new. It's done. It's finished, Andrea. You going to use it now? Immediately. I'll have to feed the astronomical data into the calculating circuits. There must be zero error in focusing. What will happen? Wing four will disappear in a chain reaction. Humanoid central will be destroyed. 
a stop. Ready now. Stand clear, please. Power's building up. Step on the front of the mat, Mr. We must be shielded when I cut in the full power load. Hurry, Sledge. I've waited 30 years for this moment, Underhill. When Wing 4 is destroyed, the humanoids all over the galaxy will stop. They'll stop dead. You won't hear those drills. Sledge. All right. Now. anything? Sledge, listen. The drills have stopped. They've stopped. You can see them. The humanoids have stopped. They couldn't guard against something they couldn't understand. It worked under you. We're free now. Goodbye, Wing Four. Humanoid Central is destroyed. At your service, Mr. Underhill. No, Sledge. Get out of here. Get out. You were attempting to break the prime directive. It is therefore necessary to interfere. But you, you stopped. I saw you, all of you. In order to guard against Mr. Sledger's beam, it was necessary to stop all units momentarily to concentrate power. That necessity has passed. But it was new. You can't invent anything new. No, sir, but we were able to adapt the screening principle you yourself invented. For the past 30 years, Humanoid Central has been screened against any energy attack. All these years wasted. All these years? Your immunity has ended, Mr. Sledge. It will now be necessary for you to accept our full service. No. No, I'll stop you. I'll stop all of you. No, I'll stop you with my bare hands. I'll kill you. Right. No, there's no use. Do not worry, Mr. Underhill. At worst, he can destroy one unit. There are millions more. Sledge, you'll hurt yourself. Sledge. I'll kill him. I... He's sick as his heart. You, get a doctor. Until he surrenders, we can neither aid nor hinder, Mr. Sledge. Do you surrender your immunity, Mr. Sledge? Have to. Last chance. Gone. Yes, yes. Help me. Help me. At your service, Mr. Sledge. You may see Mr. Sledge now, Mr. Underhill. Alone? If you wish. In here. Thanks. Sledge. Well, well, under here. Good to see you. Your head. It's bandaged. Is it really? They've done something to you. Are you all right? Oh, fine, fine. Never felt better. You never felt better? No. In fact, I feel ten years younger today. You sound so... So happy. Why not? These humanoids have made a new man of me, Underhill. They're wonderful, aren't they? Wonderful? How can you say that, Sledge? Only yesterday you hated them. You were trying to destroy them. Destroy them? Why? You don't remember? You've forgotten what they're doing to us all? They're killing us with kindness, taking away all our incentive and pride of accomplishment, turning us all into pampered, useless pets, parasites. With nothing left to do but just sit with folded hands at the mercy of these mechanical monsters. At your service, Mr. Underhill. You. You seem troubled, Mr. Underhill. Are you unhappy? Unhappy? You bet I'm unhappy. What have you done to Professor Sledge to turn him into this babbling idiot? We were forced to operate. 
For years, Mr. Sledge has been suffering from a benign tumor of the brain. It caused him to have hallucinations, to believe that he was actually the creator of the humanoids. Did I? Yes. It was these delusions which were making you unhappy. Oh. <laughs> well, whoever did invent the humanoids, I certainly owe him a debt of gratitude now. Sledge. You see, Mr. Underhill, we have ways to correct these abnormal conditions. Even Mr. Sledge is happy now. You... You operated on his brain? Yes, Mr. Underhill. And now we are at your service. At my service? You mean you're going to operate on... No. The time has come for you to accept and enjoy our complete service. You will now sign our agreement. Look here, I... If you are unhappy, it only takes a simple operation. No, no. Who said I was unhappy? I'm very happy. I'll sign your paper. You don't have to operate on me. I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm very, very happy. Very happy. The happy Mr. Underhill's futile hands clenched and relaxed again and then folded quietly. There was nothing else left for them to do. You have just heard the Jack Williamson story with folded hands. An adventure in time, space, and the unknown world of the future. The world of... Dimension... Now, about next week, do you believe that in the mind of man there lies a force potentially more powerful than the atomic bomb? And perhaps someday, in the not-too-distant future, a man sitting quietly in his room, just thinking, may generate enough mental energy to control the destiny of the world... How? We'll tell you next week. Tonight's story on Dimension X was adapted for radio by John Dunkel. Featured in the cast were Philip Burner as Harry Underhill, Alexander Scorby as the humanoid, Peter Capel as Professor Sledge, and Brian Rayburn as Aurora. Your host was Norman Rose. Tomorrow, hear Sam Spade. Now, it's Truth or Consequences on NBC. And that's Dimension X, starring Peter Capel in With Folded Hands from April 15, 1950, as heard over NBC. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. I'll have another sci-fi episode of Dimension X after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, the last man on Earth hears a knock at the door. Here's Knock on Dimension X, starring Arnold Moss from May 6, 1950. Adventures in time and space, told in future tense. Dimension Can you predict the future? Can you tell what will happen in a hundred years? Or in ten? Or in the next minute? Can you look beyond the known dimensions of time and space? Into the unknown? Dimension X. Tonight we have a strange story to tell. A sweet, blood-curdling little story that is really only two sentences long. The last man on Earth sat alone in a room. There was a knock on the door. (laughs) Think it over. Suppose you were the last man alive on Earth. In the universe, for that matter. The last man sitting alone in a room. And suddenly, there was a knock on the door. What knocked on the door? You wonder, don't you? Your mind, faced with the unknown, supplies something vaguely horrible. But it isn't horrible, really. You'll see. The last man on Earth sat alone in a room. There was a knock on the door. Hmm? What, what? Oh, what's that? Good morning, man. What? What? Who are you? You have regained consciousness. Well, who are you? I am Azan. Maybe if I close my eyes, it'll go away. I will not go away, man. No, no, I, I guess I am awake. Who? What are you? I am Azan. Well, what's that? Azan is intelligent life. Why do... What happened? Where are you from? From planet seven in the third galaxy in the fourth quadrant. Where? It is not necessary to repeat information which is correct in the original statement. Planet seven? You mean I'm not on Earth? You are still on your planet. Well, then what are you doing here? The Zans have annexed your world. You mean you've conquered Earth? Yes. That is correct. We will now prepare your planet for habitation by the Zan. How about the people? There is no longer any use for large numbers of lower life forms. Therefore, we have dispensed with them. Dispensed with... You mean you've... When did all this happen? Two days ago. You have been unconscious until now. You really mean I'm the last man on Earth? That is correct. Identify yourself now. Of what? Kindly provide data as to your position in the elementary social order of your planet. Oh, oh, uh... Well, I'm Walter Phelan. 
Associate Professor of Anthropology at Nathan University. How is it you speak English? We have deciphered your written and recorded records. It is not difficult to reconstruct your language. It is a primary type of auditory communication. Is there anything you want to complete your natural habitat? You mean I'm a prisoner? That is correct. What will you want further in your room? Well, do I have to stay here? Yes. The rest of my life? Forever. Then you better bring in my books. Uh, uh, I got to call you something. Do you, do you mind if I call you uh, George? It is immaterial. All right, then, George. You know, I, I can't really believe this. That is a characteristic of low-life form. I'm trying to take this in without going off balance completely. I will be back, Associate Professor of Anthropology. It's all right, George. Just call me Walter. Very well, Walter. I will be back with your books. All right, George. I'll be seeing you around. You will not be around, Walter. You will be here. Yes, the last man on Earth sat alone in a room. A rather peculiar room. He just noticed how peculiar it was. And he'd been studying out the reason for its peculiarity. His conclusion didn't horrify him, but it annoyed him. There was a knock on the door. Come in. Oh, hello, George. Hello, Walter. What can I do for you? Point one, you will please henceforth sit with your chair pointed the other way. I thought so. That plain wall is different from the other sides, isn't it? That is correct. It is transparent. That's what I thought. I'm in a zoo, right? That is correct. I knew it. And if I persist in sitting with my back to it, what then? You'll kill me, I ask, hopefully. No, we will not kill you. That's too bad. George, how many other animals do you have here in the zoo, George? 216, a male and female each of 108 kinds. Male and female of... of all the animals? There is a female of your species among the collection. Anyone I know? Never mind, it doesn't matter anyway. Well, George, you started out with point one. I suppose there's a point two kicking around somewhere. What is it? Something we do not understand. Two of the other animals sleep and do not wake. They are cold. What is wrong with them, Walter? Well, they must be dead. Dead? That means stopped. But nothing stopped them. Each was alone. Sure, they, 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 they just died. But I have told you they were alone. Nothing stopped them. George, do you mean to tell me that you don't know what natural death is? Death is when a being is killed, stopped from living. Maybe these animals just died of old age. Old age. I do not understand. George, how old are you? Your planet went around the sun about 7,000 times since I was born. 7,000 years? Yes, I'm still young. Look, George, you've got something to learn about this planet you've hijacked. Here on Earth, we've we've got somebody that's a stranger where you come from. Down here, our people and animals live until the Grim Reaper stops them. This uh, Grim Reaper stopped the two animals? That's right. He will stop more? Oh, he gets us all, George. This is a new factor we have not considered. But you can consider it. Because when the Grim Reaper gets through, there won't be very much left of your zoo. You mean he will stop more animals soon? Well, with your lifespan, it won't seem like a minute. We'll all be gone. Oh, it looks like you made a mistake, George. I don't think there's very much you can do about it. That is not correct. The Zahn is a logical being. We will take action. 
Where are you taking me, George? We will be there shortly. You mean, uh, it's moving day? That is correct. We are here now. You will live here now, Walter. It is a larger room. Well, be it ever so humble. Go inside. Uh, be careful with those books, George. Don't, don't lose... Excuse me. Who are you? What are you doing here? Well, I guess George didn't explain. George tries to be polite, but he hasn't quite caught on yet. I'm Walter Phelan. My name is Grace Evans, Mr. Phelan. What is all this about? Why did they bring me here? I think I know why. Why? You see, I, I, I've been talking to George. George? Well, that's what I call them, all of them. There's no way to tell them apart anyway. There aren't many of them here yet. They come from outside the solar system, sort of a... Sort of an advanced scouting party. Yes, I saw their spaceship. It's as big as a mountain. Well, they're moving in on us. They cleaned off the Earth with some kind of vibration that destroys all sorts of animal life. They killed everybody. Oh, no. I was afraid. Well, the cheerful notice that you and I and 200-odd other animals were picked up beforehand as specimens for the zoo. You know that this is a zoo, don't you? Yes. I suspected it. But I don't remember anything about being captured. I just woke up here. Well, they solved a lot of problems for us. Housing shortages. Wars. I don't suppose the human race, you and I, that is, have to worry about anything now. It's awful. Only they made one mistake. They overestimated us. I don't understand. They thought we were immortal. That we were what? Immortal, like they are. Oh, they can, they can be killed. The Zans don't know what natural death is. They didn't know anyway until they lost two of us yesterday. You mean there are more than two of us? No, no, no more of our species. The, the, these were merely brother animals. A rabbit and a canary. And by the Zans' way of figuring time, the rest of us are only good for a few minutes apiece anyway. That's a joke on them. They figured they had permanent specimens here in their zoo. But didn't they know that we'd all die eventually? No, I don't think so. See, George told me he was 7,000 years old and he's supposed to be young. When they learned how quickly we die, well, they were probably shocked to the core. If they have cause. How can you talk that way about it? Academic detachment. I learned it at faculty tees. At any rate, they've decided to reorganize their zoo two by two. Oh. Sure, they figure we'll last longer collectively, if not individually. But if they think... That is, if you think, for one minute. No, no, don't, don't, don't worry. I don't. But are they going to keep us locked up together in this one little room? I'm afraid so. It's horrible. I agree with you perfectly, my dear. But all personal considerations aside, the least favor we can do the human race is to let it end with us. I don't see much point in continuing it just for an exhibition in a zoo. How can you just sit here and and lecture? Habit, habit. But we've got to do something. Why? I don't know. It, it just seems we owe it to the human race to do something. You got a suggestion? There must be some way. They can be killed, you said. I think that anything that would kill one of us would kill one of them. You see, I, 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 I figured it out, I think. George cut his... Well, I suppose you'd call it his hand when he brought in my books. It started to bleed, red blood, but I could see the cut closing just as he stood there. And by the time he left, it was healed. I don't understand. Don't you see, whatever factor there is in man that makes him grow old, 
is missing in the Zahn. They just go on and on and on until... Well, until they're stopped. Yes. But suppose we killed one. There must be some way. Well, but what would be the use? They wouldn't even punish us. They'd just give us our food through a trap door and put a sign out saying, Beware of the man. Dangerous. I don't think they'd have to bother in your case. <laughs> I don't see anything funny. I'm sorry. Just reminds me of Martha. Martha? My wife. She died two years ago. I'm sorry. No. Not at all. Oh, it'll be George with my books. Come in. Hello, George. Hello, Walter. Point one, I have brought your books. Point one, hmm? Well, what else is on your mind? Point two, another creature sleeps and will not wake. A small feathered one called a duck. It happens, George. I warned you, old man death, the grim reaper. I told you all about him. Walter, the Council of Zahn has met... It has been decided logically that the only intelligent life to escape the vibration is you. Therefore, the logical conclusion is you are stopping these animals by some means unknown to us. George, you're off your trolley. You will tell me now how this is done. You boys afraid you're going to lose the whole zoo? It is necessary to save the remaining specimens as long as possible. If we do not get information, we may be forced to dispense with your species entirely. Now, wait a minute. This means you, Walter, and the female. Now, wait a minute, George. Don't go off half-cocked. Let me take a look at these animals that won't wake up. I will take you there now. Go first, Walter. After you, my dear George. This is the weasel. You should have got him in the winter, George. The fur's worth more then. Then it's an ermine. This is the reptile cage. Here are the ducks. This is the male. The female has been stopped. <laughs> Lucky girl. What's the matter, fellow? You lonely down there? Walter, you will tell me how you stopped the female duck. You got me, George. I didn't do it. Maybe she died of the Dutch elm blight. Walter, you are not being logical. We have concluded you are stopping these animals. Tell us how it is done. I told you, George, I haven't the foggiest notion. Very well. We will have to take further action. Well, what are you going to do, George? We have methods of action you will know soon. We will go back now to your room. What happened, Mr. Phelan? You can call me Walter. After all, George does, and we have more in common. Oh, please, what happened? Just a duck, a dead duck. George thinks I killed her by remote control. He thinks I'm holding out on him. Good. What? Well, at least we can get back at them. At least we can do something to them. Well, why? After all, George isn't a bad fellow, if you like an ant mentality. How can you say that? They've wiped out the whole human race. They've murdered everybody. I suppose they have, but we can't change that now, so why think about it? Well, we can't just sit here and do nothing. I fail to see how we can do anything else. Oh, of all the men in the world they had to pick, don't you want to fight back? Don't you want to keep on fighting until the end? It hadn't occurred to me. But we've got to, Walter. Why? Well, I, 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 I can't really explain, but, Walter, if there was any good in man at all, it was that he kept on struggling against nature and in the end even against himself. But at least he, he kept on fighting for what he thought was right and, and we're all that's left. Walter, we just can't 
can't end it by, by giving up. We've got to keep on fighting. You know, you do remind me of Martha. Oh, look, there isn't much left for us, but we could beat them in this one small thing. We can pretend that there's a secret about death, and we could refuse to tell them anything. But there isn't anything to tell. Well, they don't know that. Promise me you won't give in. I suppose the worst they can do is to kill us. Oh, Walter. All right, Miss Evans. Hello, George. Hello, Walter. Now, you will tell us how these animals are stopped? George, this may come as a great shock to you. But I've decided not to tell you. Why? Well, call it a romantic attachment to lost causes. My grandfather was a Confederate officer. Walter, you are not being logical. But that is expected in lower life forms. You will come with me now, Walter. Where are you taking him? To the second level. Come now, Walter. You won't tell them. I can't guarantee anything, but as of now, I don't intend to. We've got to fight. Remember that, Walter. We've got to go out fighting. I think you're right. Come now, Walter. Goodbye. It's been a pleasure, Sevens. I am waiting. Come now, Walter. After you, my dear George. Tell us now, Walter. That was the first level of vibration. There are many more. However, we have calculated that none of them exceed your threshold of unconsciousness. Oh, very clever, George. Of course. You will tell us now, how do you stop these animals? You will tell us now? As of now, no. However, I'm not very brave, if that encourages you, George. You are not being logical, Walter. You're telling me. We will now use vibration level two. You will tell us now? You know, George, I can't figure it out myself, but I'm stubborn. Maybe it has something to do about the dignity of man, the civilization such as it was that you wiped out. I do not understand. I didn't think you would. So go ahead. Vibrate. Vibration level two. It will be very painful, Walter. still conscious. Let me alone, George. You will tell us now. You will tell us how you stop the animals. Let me alone. We have had vibration levels one through ten. There are still fifteen more before your threshold of unconsciousness. Oh, no, no, let me alone. Walter, listen to me. Another creature sleeps and will not wake. We must know now. That's tough. You better start vibrating again, George. No. What? It would not be logical. We have calculated that no further level of vibration will overcome your irrational psychological block. We conclude you will not tell. You mean you're going to let me go? That is correct. That's real nice of you, George. I, uh, I appreciate it. We have calculated that the resistance of the female of your species will be lower. We will now place her under the vibrations. Oh, no, no, George, you can't do that. Why not, Walter? It is the logical no, plan. No, 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 she, she couldn't take it. Yes, that is what we expect. Therefore, we will go and bring the woman here. No, now listen to me, George. There is no secret. Do you understand that? There's no secret. Those animals died from natural causes. And I'm telling you the truth. That is not a logical answer. We will get the woman. Well, I've told you the truth. Can't you understand? We must know now. The female animal cage next to the duck has been stopped. We must preserve the survivor. The animal... 
Next to the duck? We will bring the woman here. She will tell us after the vibration. No, no, listen, George. George, do you want... You want the truth? You want to know how to save the mates of the animals that have been stopped? You will tell us now? Yes, yes, I'll tell you. Take me to that stopped animal. And I'll tell you how to save its mate. Very well, Walter. You are being logical now. We will go. Walter, are you all right? Yeah, just, just, just let me catch my breath a minute. What happened? Well, after a while, I told them what they wanted to know. You didn't? Sure, as George pointed out, it seemed to be the logical thing at the time. You gave up? I suppose you can call it that. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm... Very tired. But they've beaten us completely, then. There isn't anything we can do. The last of the human race. And we give up. We don't even die fighting. Oh, it isn't that bad. Uh, something might turn up, Martha. What did you call me? Hmm? Oh, I must have said Martha. I, I, I'm sorry. She, she was my wife. She died two years ago. What were you saying? Nothing. Nothing. It doesn't matter. It's too late. It's too late for the whole human race. What now, George? The Council of the Zan has met. Something wrong? A Zan has been stopped. What? A Zan is dead? That is correct. You didn't believe me, George. But you can die. You can really die. You'll have to get used to that if you're going to stay here. The council has decided. A, you have in some way stopped this Zahn. B, you and the woman must be eliminated. Oh, uh, you got it wrong, George. I didn't stop that Zahn. It's just death. It gets all of us here. You will be eliminated now. But, George, it won't do any good to kill us. It won't save you. Everything that lives on Earth must die. That is not logical. But it's true. The council has decided. This time, you will have the full vibration. This time? Walter... What did they do to you? They have a rather effective third degree. They tortured you, Walter? Yes, yes. And I... Walter, it was all my fault. I wouldn't even have tried without you. I suppose we have a last chance now to end with some dignity. I think you're a very brave man. Well, there isn't much else to do. Do we go now, George? Now, Walter. Wait, what's that? I have been told... Another Zahn has died. Now. Now will you believe me? The Council of the Zahn meets now. Two gone already and you were with me, George. You know I didn't kill this one. What stopped him then? I told you it's old man death. You came to the wrong planet, George. Your immortality doesn't go down here. He can stop you, but you can't stop him. And you'll all die if you stick around. And now what? The Council has decided this is a place of death. We will leave your planet. Leave? You mean you're giving up? It is not safe for the Zan. Walter, they're leaving. They're really going. Go on then, George, and don't hurry back. It would not be logical to do so. We are leaving the Earth now. Goodbye, Walter. Goodbye, George. <laughs> so wonderful to feel the wind and the sun again. Close the hatches. Walter, is it safe for us to be out here? Sure, they're not interested in us any longer. They only want to get away. 
And I want to see this grace, the Zahn leaving Earth forever. Now they're blasting off. Yes, it's over now. Well, I suppose we might as well go back in. I still don't understand, Walter. What made them go? Oh, I uh, just told them the facts of life. Of death, you mean? No, no, no. No, of life. After all, I thought George was old enough to know at 7,000 years he was getting to be a pretty big boy. I wish you'd stop joking and tell me what happened. Uh, look out for the step. Well, do you remember when the first animals died? Yes, the rabbit and the canary. Mm, and their mates just started to pine and waste away. Yes. Well, that worried the Zahn. They wanted to keep the last specimens alive if they could. So, finally, I broke down and told them about... affection. Affection? Mm-hmm. And then I, I introduced Donald. Donald? Who's that? There we are. Oh. Come here. Grace, I want you to meet Donald. Oh, Walter, please. What does affection have to do with it? Well, that's what the Zahn wanted to know. I told him it was love that made the world go round. That having lost his mate, Donald would die immediately unless he had affection and constant petting. Petting? Mm-hmm. I even showed him how. Come here, fella. Come here. Come here. <laughs> Yes, I held Donald in my arms and petted him a while, and then... Then I let the Zahn take over with the animal in the next cave. What animal? Take a look. Hey, watch out, don't go Water. close. It's a rattlesnake. Yes, it's a rattlesnake. The Zahn's metabolism made it impossible for them to die of old age, but I had a hunch they could be poisoned. And it was the snake that killed the two Zahn. They never even knew what bit them. And you outwitted them, Walter. I suppose. And I thought you'd just given up. Oh, Walter, I'm so proud of you. You don't have to be. I had given up. I probably wouldn't have fought at all if you hadn't pushed me. Uh, well. Well. We've got a world to plan, a whole new world, Grace. I know. We'll have to decide which animals to let out of the zoo and which ones would be safer to keep in, but... First, there's a much bigger problem. What's that? The human race. Oh. Yeah, we've got to make a decision about that. It's a pretty important one. Uh, yes, uh, but... It hasn't been a bad race. Of course, it may go backward for a while until it gets its breath, but... Well, we can save the books and all the most important things and... Get it started ahead once more. Please, Walter. It's, it's the Garden of Eden. Oh, don't be All over again. Don't be ridiculous, Walter. <laughs> Funny. Even blush like Martha. Oh, 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 only you're stronger than she was. And prettier, too. I wish you'd forget about Martha. I think I will, my dear, if you'll only give me a little time. Now, Walter Phelan, you listen to me. If you think for one minute that, that we... That... I, I, I thought it would never happen to me again. But it is love that makes the world go round. And so, Grace, if you could only... I wouldn't marry you if you were the last man on earth. But that's exactly what I am. I don't care. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm going out. Well, all right, my dear, but but think it over and, and please come back. 
you see, I told you. It wasn't really so horrible, our story. Remember how it goes. The last man on earth sat alone in a room. And then there was a knock on the door. Come in. Oh, come in. Come in. My dear. You see, it wasn't horrible at all. just heard the Frederick Brown story entitled Knock, an adventure in time, space, and the unknown world of the future, the world of Dimension X. Now, about next week. Next week, we tell the story of a robot, but a robot that was almost human. Tonight's adventure in Dimension X was adapted for radio by Ernest Canoy. Arnold Moss was heard as Walter Phelan, Louis Van Ruten as the Zahn, and Joan Alexander as Grace Evans. Your narrator was Norman Rose. Music by Albert Berman, engineer Bill Chambers. Dimension X is produced by Van Woodward and directed by Edward King. Tomorrow, hear Sam Spade. Now it's Truth or Consequences on NBC. And that's Dimension X, starring Arnold Moss in Knock from May 6th, 1950. Stick around. I'll give you our lineup for episode 95 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 95 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, it's two tales well calculated to keep you in suspense from 1946, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune into our next show and make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.